Well, we're back. Um, I have to do the podcast from home now, but that's fine. We're all here together. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about some history, and we're going to get through this. So, welcome to the DepotCast. My name is Mike. Mackenzie's not with me tonight because she's not here. Uh, but onward. So, as always, if you have questions, send them to depotcast at gmail.com, D-E-P-O-T-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. I'll do my best to answer them. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Duran Station. Um, so, follow us on social media, figure out what's going on. Today, we're going to talk about the Grand Trunk. Uh, it's got kind of a long history. Uh, it starts in Canada. The Grand Trunk was originally a Canadian railroad, uh, started in 1852 uh, to get from Montreal to Toronto, uh, and by 1859 it had made it to Sarnia, which is right across the the lake there from Port Huron. Uh, in 1859 they were trying to get to Chicago, so that is kind of how they ended up in our state. Uh, until 1878 they worked with the Michigan Central, uh, but William Henry Vanderbilt's New York Central bought the Michigan Central and locked it down. They didn't want to compete, uh, or they wanted to compete directly with the Grand Trunk, and they didn't want to work with them. So uh, being frozen out, they decided to make their own, uh, and the Grand Trunk made an American subsidiary called the Chicago and Grand Trunk. Um, that is the railroad that came to Durand, uh, and that is the second railroad that came through after the Detroit, Grand Haven, and Milwaukee. Um, so we talked about this last week that, uh, by 1900 or so, Grand Trunk had owned both railroads that came through Durand, um, and that was the case in 1900, uh, and around that time, the Grand Trunk Railway, there's a difference, railways are Canadian, railroads are American, um, they were merging all their Midwestern lines to become the Grand Trunk Western Railway because they were still Canadian-owned. Um, and the Western of the Grand Trunk Western meant Canada, west of Canada. Uh, if you think about, you know, like the University of Michigan's fight song, uh, Champions of the West, back then the West was Michigan. Um, so we're jumping ahead a little bit. Uh, in the early 1900s, the Grand Trunk was still sort of this... Canadian company that had a huge amount of smaller American railroads that were all kind of termed the Grand Trunk Railway System. Uh, but in 1923, the uh, Canadian government had issues with their railroads and things were going out of business. So uh, the formal merger of the Grand Trunk Western Railroad in the United States happened because the Canadians were having issues. So... Uh, they were still owned by the Canadians, but they now had an American shell company that sort of operated everything. So uh, that's where we are on the sort of the Canadian origins of the Grand Trunk. Um, before we go any further, uh, I have talked to Mackenzie about some stuff that's in the gift shop. And it's not online just yet. We're still working to get it there. But the new item that we want to talk about this week is we have tote bags again. Um, you might remember that we had some really cool felt ones, but uh, we've got some uh, less expensive 
sort of nylon ones that have zippers. Uh, I think that was the thing that we had heard about before, that they wished that the previous version had zippers. So uh, these ones can be zipped closed. They're also really affordable. We got them for, uh, we can sell them for $10 this time around. So uh, keep an eye out on that. Uh, our store's website is duranstation.org slash store, duranstation.org slash store. Um, but yeah, 10 bucks for a tote bag, and the tote bag's pretty nice. You can fit a bunch of books in it, take it to the library. If you need to do a little bit of shopping, you could probably get that done with that bag. It's awesome. Um, they're red. Uh, if we get enough of a run on the red ones, we'll probably do other colors as well. But um, yeah, that's what Mackenzie wanted me to talk about. So uh, hopefully next week I'll have figured out the remote uh, podcasting element of what we're doing and get her back in here to be my co-commentator because it's really lonely to do this um in a little bit i'll talk to mary and i i figured it out with her so we're getting there um yeah this has been a weird break uh we're still doing all we can to work from home uh but otherwise like what do you do when you can't leave your house uh i play a lot of animal crossing (laughs) for the switch there's a museum in animal crossing and I'm sure it won't surprise you all listening out there that I have spent most of my time building the museum. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, I've done a lot of fishing. So um, that's what I've done with my with my sort of forced time away. Hopefully you guys are keeping sane out there. Um, again, this podcast doesn't have an awful lot of editing. I'm just going to um and ah and leave weird dead space and hopefully you'll bear with me and continue to listen to the next one. So... Um, let's get back to the Grand Trunk. Uh, yeah, so now we're talking about the Grand Trunk Western, as people tend to remember it. And the Grand Trunk Western Railroad is the one that's the most synonymous with Durand, and arguably the one that's the most synonymous with Michigan and the Upper Midwest and places like that. Um, they operated the main line between Ontario and Chicago throughout the entire golden age of railroading, all the way until the decline into the 70s and um, arguably still to this day. Uh, what would happen is uh, because the Canadians still owned it in part, because the Can- Canadian National was the owner of the Grand Trunk Western. Um, so they owned... They own the American side, and then what they would do is they would buy huge fleets of locomotives and then sell, I'm putting quotation marks around the word sell here, sell half of the locomotives to its American side. So, like, no money was changing hands. It was just numbers on a ledger. But um, what this did was it created this phenomenon of locomotives being really synonymous with the Midwest, like the 484 Northern. Uh, That engine was designed for Canada, but um, the people in Michigan found it really uh, versatile. It could be used as a workhorse for both freight and passenger. Um, and so it ended up being sort of like the, the train that people remember, the locomotive that people remember. And when I say 484, what I'm talking about is, is wheel configuration. Um, and that always goes in the leading, the leading wheels, the, uh, the main wheels and then the trailing wheels. Um, and those are the small ones, the big ones, and then the small ones again. So a 484 would have, uh, and we're talking about total, not just one side. So four small wheels in front, eight giant wheels in the middle, and then four small wheels in the back. And so what made that really versatile was that it could handle curves. It was, 
very, very smooth. So passenger engineers really liked it, and it ended up being this really great engine for the time, and they used it for a really long time. I think it ended up being used for something like 40 years before they finally phased it out. It was it was there for a really long time. Um, to the point where they even made a streamlined version that was real, that was more aerodynamic, that was more fuel efficient. So, um, so that's kind of what would happen. That CN would buy a fleet of railroad or a lo- uh, railroads, a fleet of locomotives, and then they would they would sell half to themselves and uh, keep things going that way. Um, so, this is how things worked all the way up until the '60s and the '70s when um, the post World War II era hit and um people were shipping things by truck more often and it led to sort of the decline in the railroad industry in general um and as a result uh the grand trunk had to downsize it had to consolidate um a bunch of railroad companies that they owned or controlled went out of business and they tore up a bunch of track um and this continued through the 70s and the 80s and most of the 90s um, around this time, like the Ann Arbor had failed, uh, a, like the Penn Central had failed, Conrail had become a thing. Um, there were a bunch of different mergers, like Norfolk Southern became a thing, uh, BNSF became a thing, CSX became a thing. Um, yeah, like it was just kind of a bad, a bad scene for the railroad industry. Um, and this, you know, CN wasn't wasn't left unscathed as well. CN ended up restructuring everything under a single brand, CN North America. Um, this happened around 1995, I'm recalling. I'll probably end up getting an email about that. It's like, you didn't remember it right. But, uh, yeah, uh, so CN North America. And basically what that meant for the Grand Trunk Western is the Grand Trunk Western still exists. It's still on paper as a holding company for all of CN's American assets and the American territory name. Like this area around here in Michigan is still called the, the former Grand Trunk Western territory. Um, but now everything has the same paint job. Everything has the same paint scheme. Everything still looks like the same black and red and white Canadian national locomotive. Um, so that's, kind of what happened and that's why when you still talk about railroading around michigan and in duran in particular you hear a lot of people talk about grand trunk as if it's still the active railroad and there and it's it's more or less correct it's it's all called canadian national now but the grand trunk has really never left like it was there was never the major change like what happened to the ann arbor um where the Ann Arbor went out of business and then everything that they own was sort of either ripped up or sold to other companies. A lot of the Ann Arbor was sold to Grand Trunk, as it turns out, um, or just straight up removed. Um, there is an Ann Arbor again, but it's not the same. We'll talk about that in a different podcast, I think. Um, but yeah, so that's what's going on today. That's uh, I've taken you in the past 15 minutes all the way from uh, the mid-1800s all the way to present day. Uh, if you look outside at any given time of day in Duran, you'll see a Canadian national locomotive probably blocking the tracks uh, because there's a lot of work to do. And the railroad industry moves a lot of freight through Duran still. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of what's going on. So um, that is the end of the historical segment today. So uh, I'm going to break for a hot second and fade you into me talking with Mary which we were able to accomplish over Discord, which is a program similar to Skype. So uh, I'm going to 
fade out and fade back in. All right, so uh, we are back here. I am with Mary remotely. Uh, I am sitting in the safety of my own bedroom uh, at my own computer with my own microphone. And Mary, where are you? I am sitting at my desk in the depot. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> oh, how 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 crazy the world gets after a week, huh? No kidding. No kidding. I'm, I'm coming up here on a eh, kind of everyday basis just to check on the building. Today I picked up mail and going to be processing whatever bills that are sitting here. So, uh, so you know, what's just, new, yeah. <laughs> what's new with the nonprofit? Just simple work. Well, um, the only person I know that has been in the building is uh, Dave from Amtrak. Um, he was up here yesterday. We're doing a uh, a clean and sanitize of the Amtrak lobby on a daily basis for the Amtrak passengers. Uh, how's Amtrak doing? Really slow, really, really slow. I, I didn't think to ask him today how many uh, people got on, but there's only one car in the parking lot, which you never see that here. I mean, usually that parking lot is at least half full. That's and probably the today, same, yeah, probably the same car that I saw yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so other than that, uh, not a whole lot going on with us now, kind of by necessity. Uh, by necessity. Uh, it's unfortunate, but totally understand. I mean, I'm glad everybody's staying in and staying away from people. And the sooner we can get it under control and figure out how to deal with this virus, we can get back up and running and and do our, do our thing. I miss people. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I feel like we... This was a year where we intentionally did smaller scale things for railroad days. And Isn't that a good thing? Man, we got lucky on this one because yeah. we'd have a no whole bunch kidding. of cases like half done <laughs> and no way to finish them. Um, because a lot of the stuff that we would buy off site to get done, like they're also, they're also shut down. Um, if we were to buy signage and stuff for, museum cases those usually come from a place in california and they're also on lockdown so yeah um, yeah uh so we've got I mean, some I was just, oh, go ahead i was i was just thinking about um shattuck's in owasso and deluxe trophy um my husband and i were talking about it this morning and i thought oh my gosh they have to be shut down yeah. you know i didn't even think about that but everything that they do relies on nonprofits and schools and you know to order from them so i'm sure they don't have a whole lot going on there either and being face to face with your customers as well like when right. when you talk with mo shattuck he comes to the depot and talks to you it's not like you can do all your ordering over the phone exactly yeah um, so yeah. there's businesses out there that are really going to need everybody's support when when we get beyond being quarantined yeah. So you mentioned that you wanted to talk about our uh, our friends with the DPW. Yes. Um, for all of you out there that uh, experienced our access road last year, full of potholes and ruts and just it was very difficult uh, last year. Um, DPW guys here in Duran are doing a wonderful job in filling it in, keeping it graded. I, I believe that they're building it up a bit. So. Uh, hopefully this spring, uh, when we get the rainy season, which 
we should be kind of in that right now and we're not getting a whole lot of rain. Um, the DPWs keep making it, it very nice. They're doing a wonderful job. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I feel like anybody who's ever come to the depot at least at one point has run the risk of bending a rim or something. And that hasn't been the case as of late. They've done a great job. Yes, they have. I, I'm so thankful that they're, they're working on it for us. Um, and today you also talked about uh, our friends at Shaw's Pharmacy uh, that I think it's worth talking about as well. It's on Facebook. So uh, click over to Durand Union Station, Michigan Railroad History Museum. If you're not following us or have not liked us yet, uh, please do so because I'm putting up some uh, local heroes uh, during the week. Our, the one I posted for today is Shaw's Pharmacy. Um, they actually were interviewed recently and I haven't been able to find it. My understanding was Channel 12 News interviewed them and I haven't had an opportunity to check that out. But uh, Mark Pancheck and his wife Blair and all of their staff are working every day. Uh, doors are open for people to come in and, and get their prescriptions filled. So uh, kudos to those guys. I know that it, it's got to be rough. You know, having a small town business to begin with, and, you know, they're, they're doing a great job in servicing our community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if uh, it's, you know, uh, they're the people who have to stand in front of people who are nervous or scared or don't know what's going on and getting that information out. And, man, they just fearless for them to sit behind a desk all day and say, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to let you know right. this is going to be fine. So, um, yeah, uh, thank you to Shaw's pharmacy and, uh, thank you, Mary. And, uh, we'll get back to the podcast here in a minute. And thanks again. Awesome. Yep. Have a good day. See ya. Bye. Okay. It's just me again. I'm back. Uh, so we're going to wrap this up. We are nearly done for this week. Uh, remember, if you have a question, you can email me at depotcast at gmail.com. Uh, hopefully next week I'll have a co-host again because this is fun, but it's more fun with other people around and it's more fun when you can laugh with people and sort of bounce ideas around and, and have a good time. This whole thing is about having a good time. So uh, thanks for bearing with me. Thanks for listening. And uh, remember, wash your hands. We'll be okay here. Talk to you soon.